Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Rift Reaction, the amazing show where Emily Rand and I perform tricks on a weekly basis for all of you <laughs> at home, and you try to imagine what we are doing. No, I'm just kidding. Emily, are you excited for this episode? I am excited. Uh, hopefully, wow, my voice actually cracked that time. That's fun. Uh, I'm sick, not with COVID, because I've been tested so many times in the past few days, but uh, yeah. I have this nice deep voice for today. It's a fun time. I'm very excited. And, well, that'll that'll be good for the podcast listeners, right? They'll they'll enjoy hearing the the ASMR version of me. Yes, exactly. And we should say, for multiple reasons, we are not in the same room. And I like to leave these production notes at the start of the show because it allows people to sort of help visualize as they're listening to the show what's going on. But Emily is in. Her apartment, I am in mine, uh, partially because Emily is sick. I don't want to get sick. I have a big show in a couple days in New York. Uh, but also because I am tearing down a lot of the studio stuff that I have and packing it up for three weeks in New York and a week in Atlanta because I'm doing all of Worlds, which is it's just a lot. Uh, but you and I both leave tomorrow, yes? Yep. Yeah, we both leave. Uh, I don't know what time you leave, but I leave in the morning. I will not be disclosing that information on the show because I feel weird just giving that out. But that is fair. I I leave. Well, I'll just say in the afternoon. Let's put Ooh, it that way. Okay. Yes. So either way, I really it's 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 actually crazy because I think you're on the same path as I am. I don't know if you're able to disclose it, but uh, to to just be like goodbye home. I'll see you in a month. You know. Yeah. I mean, I used to have to do this all the time for. Also, when I was a journalist, as you know, uh, it is kind of weird, though. Like, especially the year that Worlds was in Korea, uh, we went early as, like, an ESPN group. So I was there for, I think, like, two months and, like, a week or something. Yeah, it's so, just yeah. bizarre. Well, especially coming out of a couple of years where we didn't travel. Anyway, let's talk about what this show is going to be. So, one... We are recording this as EG and Matt are facing off in their first game. Yeah. I think, as I mentioned last week on the show, we would have loved to do this Wednesday, but because we're traveling, we have to do it during the time where we normally record, which is ironically during EG versus Matt. So we'll be giving you live updates that you'll get to listen to a month. It's it's a reaction show. We're going to be reacting. Emily, what's your reaction to the draft? Uh, there, there's some interesting draft choices here. We see yes. we have a rumble sighting. We had the classic. Uh, you know, um, with Aatrox's first pick on blue side for impact, uh, we the Draven got through for Unforgiven. That's commentary, you're providing commentary. Yeah. I need reactions. No, it's pretty great. Uh, I okay. mean, I think, uh, I think I like EG's draft a lot better, but I also okay. think EG are gonna lose this series. So, oh god, how dare you! How dare you? Okay, we'll, we'll talk about that later on in the episode because I have some thoughts. Uh, but we're going to talk about plans. We're going to talk about mostly plans. I guess we could talk a little bit about groups because it's kicking off soon. But ironically, we don't know exactly what's going to happen uh, with groups. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about a lot of different things. So first off, we want to talk about last week's poll, which is where we asked you, how much do you think COVID will affect worlds? And 12% of you said a ton, 45% of you said some, 38% of you said a little, and 5% said none. I think it's interesting because I wonder how many of those came in before we had 
the crazy <laughs> the crazy week of I don't know, delays, especially in that first day, you know? Yeah, so obviously uh, we had basically the rapid tests, a whole bunch of people tested positive on the rapid tests, and they announced the same day that teams were announcing that their players had tested positive that they could they would be allowed to play from home, which I still am like, why did you not get in front of this and just announce the protocol before? Doesn't hurt anything. I still don't get it. I don't get the messaging around it. But whatever, it turns out all of those were false positives because the next day they all got PCRs and rapids and no one tested positive. So who knows? Uh, I still think it'll affect it down the line because I think it's going to be really difficult to constantly travel, constantly be around people and not get COVID uh, and not have someone get COVID. But as long as we know that players will just play from an isolated area and hopefully crossing my fingers, they already have contingency plans set up in place where these PCs are set up um, and there's good internet and that kind of thing. Uh, provided that happens, I mean, it'll still obviously affect it, but not in a, hopefully not in like a, a major way. Um, but yeah, that first day, I felt so bad for the broadcast. I actually was thinking of going to the studio and being like, I can relieve someone if they need it or something. Um, and then obviously another small point that I think is just really shitty and unfortunate is that uh, Shin tested positive for COVID and he actually did get COVID. So he basically flew to LA for nothing. And now he stays here until he's negative and then goes back home, which really sucks. Uh, he's not going to be a part of the broadcast. Yeah. Well, unfortunate, unfortunate set of circumstances for a lot of people. But yes, I agree. I don't know why they announced their COVID policy literally as the COVID situation was breaking. Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about plans. What have you thought of the schedule, Emily? Because I know you have many friends who are working on the broadcast. So what what is the broadcast or the plan schedule been like in, from your perspective? So I'll say this. I'm, I'm personally sad that I'm not on plans because I think I really care about a lot of these teams. For people that don't know, I got my start uh, kind of back, way back in the day. I was following LCK religiously, but then I was also called on to write about Brazil that year for GG Chronicle, and that was the year that Kaboom actually beat Alliance. Um, and I kind of predicted it, as in I gave them the highest percent chance based on matchup. Um, and I followed CBLOL ever since. I don't have a lot of time to follow it anymore outside of like very casual, but I've always rooted for that region. I feel like I have a soft spot in my heart for all of these regions, and the schedule and prep is just absolutely brutal for play-ins, like both for broadcast people who like obviously were the English language feed. So there's always a back and forth of how much you cover the three teams that are all like from English speaking countries. So uh, North America, LCS, um, LCO, Oceania, and LEC um, for, for all of Europe. Uh, and 
it's I don't know it's really frustrating because there's again I know I've complained about this before but like I think it's really apparent if you look at the way the broadcast went uh, and this is not me criticizing them by the way I think they've had like a really fun broadcast uh, shout out to everyone who's been working play-ins but you see the you see the friction you see the limited amount of time you have to talk about certain narratives and stuff um, and it sucks. Like it really sucks, you know. Uh, and in particular, it's just I think there's actually nothing more difficult for any broadcast than there is to prep for play-in specifically because the prep is really brutal. You won't use like more than half of it if you've you know been catching up on other regions. I don't know if Mark has talked to you about about the difficulty of prepping for play-ins, Travis, but like... No, he just says it's like a lot, a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's it's a lot more, right? It's a, it's a lot more and it is... You're spread so thinly, not in terms of talent, but in terms of like how much you can even do give a team its due. And then on top of that, as I complained about last week, and on a separate video with Kelsey, uh, there's also the issue of the actual um, schedule being what it is and, and having these teams be almost like, oh, we'll see you for, for four games and then or five games and then peace out. Uh, so, yeah, it's just it's really brutal for both teams and uh, and broadcast talent. And I just wish there was a better way that we could showcase the the actual narratives and the players on these teams. Yeah, I I'm trying to decide if I want to move into. I, I we'll see, see a note. I see a note in here. You have a rant coming. Yes. I see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll save it because I don't want this show to start off with a ton of negativity. So, okay. I yeah. I think the playing schedule it's pretty insane to me. I mean, the fact that you had teams on the first day that were starting after midnight. Um, in local time, like imagine you're <laughs> you've flown across the world to compete in this international event at riots. Like, oh yeah, sorry, we had delays. It'll go. You'll start after midnight. I just I I don't know. It's it's tough because I'm like, why would you schedule so many games whenever you know there's probably going to be like complications? Um, I don't know. Okay, whatever. But on the plus side. The meta has been great, right? Uh, I think it's been a lot of fun, honestly. Like, uh, there's, we were wondering how this was going to pan out with like different scrim metas and stuff. Um, shout out to whoever picked, I think, Aatrox as their most picked uh, champ. I think I got it wrong where I said that Hecarim would get most picked. I have to go back and look at my like crystal ball predictions, but um, it's, there's a lot of stuff we kind of expected to see. There's some stuff that we didn't necessarily expect to see. Um, a lot of people were wondering about the strength of things like Hecarim and Maokai. And uh, I also think Graves will be continuing to pop up here and there because we have more than a few uh, Graves players in the jungle. In particular, I actually think this meta is super good for Damwon. Um, I think it's going to be really good for um, uh, a team like RNG. Uh, uh, you know, shout out to them. They play later today. If they if they lose to DFM, 
then I'll look like an idiot. But in terms of like AD Carry meta with, with Kaisa and Tristana being back with Graves in the jungle, it looks like a good meta for them. So I also just think there's a lot of good options like Mad Lions who are playing right now. Um, even though I don't like their draft in this game, um, they've come up with some some creative combos like the Seraphine um, and Hecarim. Um, they have Rumble in the top lane against the Aatrox, which I actually really like as an individual pick, despite not liking their overall comp. And we've also seen the Belveth out of them as well. So Mad in particular have been one of these teams who's really been pushing some of their own picks uh, very creatively, which is fun. Like I always like when that happens. Uh, of course, we had some Saigon Buffalo weird picks, like the Froggy Zach mid, um, which I also didn't like, but was fun, right? So, like, it, it's 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 been a cool look from a lot of teams, and now all I'm waiting for is to see, like, oh, you know how there's always that shift where the meta will change once, like, the, the better teams start playing? And that's what I was going to ask you about, is, like, how much of what we're seeing is going to shift, do you think? Or is this, like, fairly representative? I know it's kind of hard to, like, perfectly predict, but what's your, I don't know, crystal ball telling you? Uh, I think the most curious thing I am, uh, like, the thing I am the most curious about, sorry, wow, my brain, uh, is what enchanters are going to be in the bot lane or if we're going to continue to see engage supports. Because I think if we see engage supports, uh, Ming... Mako get massive buffs just because if they're the decision makers, their teams automatically look ten times better when they're the ones initiating. Um, but then if we if we stick with enchanters, then obviously I think uh, you know Gen G will be up there. Even like DRX pulling the Yumi back out. DFM has also pulled the Yumi back out. Um, so I don't think we'll return to like Yumi Lulu trade like we were seeing. But that's the thing that I. The enchanters versus engage supports. I hope it stays with engage supports because I think we have a lot of really good engage supports at this tournament. I think the two best supports at this tournament, Karia and Ming, are both so much better on engage. So <clears throat> um, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, but that that's the major point of friction that I'm looking at from transitioning from play-ins to groups. Gotcha. Okay. Well... Uh, I'm excited to see how things evolve. Like it's just fascinating always whenever you see all the teams come together. And so we'll have to see how things go. Uh, but <laughs> let's check in with our EG Mad Lions match right now. We're uh, eight minutes in. How Impact. exciting is this so far? <laughs> Impact was gonna get ganked, but Elioia was spotted on the ward. Uh, it's been pretty slow thus far. Yeah. Um, I th- which I think is bad for this Mad Lions comp, but we'll see. I, I, I don't think it scales as well as what EG has. I do want to uh, note that there are several people in Twitch chat who are reacting to this game by saying, quote, burgers I eat all day, League of Legends I cannot play, EU star players I have to pay, proper healthcare on Ocean Away, you guessed it right, I'm NA. So I, I just mean, thought I'd include that. Wrong. As a live as a live reaction from the chat as these games are going. Although so at least always. Canadians have healthcare. Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, sorry, Travis, you're not going to get me to talk up the fucking United States. I was podcast. I was not asking you to talk up the United <laughs> States. I was just reading a Twitch chat reaction. Okay, 
Uh, loud and SGB were fun, says Emily Rand. Um, and I have to agree. And I'm kind of sad because there's already some rumors that uh, Buffalo might end their organization soon, I guess, because they're just struggling to find sponsors and that type of thing. There was a, this is unsubstantiated. It was on Reddit, uh, but it, it is kind of a sad state where I do feel like, you know, I remember for a while we were calling these regions emerging regions and it <laughs> feels like they didn't ever really emerge in some sense, you know? I mean, not in terms of uh, monetary, like ROI, I guess. Um, I'll be sad because obviously before, previously they were Fongvu Buffalo um, now Saigon Buffalo. I know another thing that happened for people that might not know is their coach had said if he if they couldn't get out of plans that he would retire and he just announced his retirement yesterday, which is sad. Uh, their coach Ren. Um, so yeah, I mean this team, it's particularly sad because this lineup for anyone that doesn't know, maybe didn't see them at MSI um, and, and didn't hear about their narrative at Worlds at all this year, is that they're really young. Like, they learned a lot together as a team. You can kind of see it. Um, yeah, weren't they the physically. youngest team They They were Worlds, still, they are still the youngest. Yeah, they were the youngest team at Worlds and they were the youngest team at MSI as well. Yeah. Um, av- the average age on this team is 19. I think their oldest player is like 20. Wow. So yeah. Um, and they grew so much together. So it's like, it's always sad when you have a team like that. And there's obviously a lot more that they could grow together uh, as a unit, um, putting all the organizational stuff aside. And then I also did want to shout out Loud because Brazil, since implementing play, the play-in uh, kind of addition in 2017, has historically performed really, really badly. Um in comparison to some of their, like I, I think the the most successful team I believe was INTZ in twenty sixteen and Pain in twenty fifteen. Yeah. Because um, Pain almost made it out of groups, and INTZ had that upset win against uh, EDG. Um, but since then, Brazil has really, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, issues of once again like they're the haves and the have-nots in terms of orgs and how much players are being paid and the, the server issues and all this other stuff and they don't have really strong scrim partners so once a team reaches the top of the region they can't it's not like a top vcs team can be like oh i'll scrim ldl lpl teams i can maybe scrim lck teams pcs is very similar in that regard if you have a team that's good enough you can get scrims elsewhere um, Brazil is not like that. And I just want to give a shout out to Loud because this was a really cool roster. It was cool seeing Brantz pop off in Champions Queue and on stage with the whole like bot gap meme. Um, it was really, really fun to see this team overall. I think Robo performed really well. I'm sad that they lost to DFM just because, you know, in my heart, I'll, I'll kind of always be cheering for Brazil a little bit because I have been following them for so long. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to shout them out because I think this is the best performance by a Brazilian team since the play-in stage was implemented. So it was nice to see them come out and have a stronger showing than they have over the past few years. Yeah, a little bit of a bummer that 
things didn't go better for them. But I don't know. It's uh, it's I mean, it's planes is just brutal. I mean, I think we talked about this on last week's episode, right? Where it's like planes was supposed to do a better job of showcasing these pl- these teams, and then eventually we're like, nah, let's shove like a couple EU teams, an NA team, a LPL team, I don't know, LCK team. Like it just it's. It's a bit of a bummer, but whatever. We asked all of you in last week's Q&A, which plans team do you think will surprise people? And I think this might be a kind of a cool moment, especially as we're on our final day to see what people thought and if any of them were correct. Um, uh, shout, uh, shout out to Carl, who said Saigon Buffalo. People might have forgotten how insanely good and fun VCS teams are. Um, Cedric said RNG is surprised in a bad way by missing groups. Well, they might lose to DFM later today. After day one, thank you, Ashton, the broadcast team. <laughs> um, there's a lot of Chiefs, though. And so I just wanted to bring up, because I feel like of the of the Neo regions, right? So North America, Europe, and Oceania. Oceania is the least served by the English language broadcast. And it sucks I really, again, I've said this elsewhere, but I dislike how everyone in NA is like, oh, Oceania is a baby NA. We'll just take all your good players, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't blame uh, Oceanic players for having a chip on their shoulder against North America for that reason, even as uh, that is now the only route for them to go to uh, a better competitive region. This Chiefs roster specifically was really like had a historic season and then was very much playing with a chip on their shoulder. Like this is a team that's still playing just because they love to play the game. And I always think that's really cool. Um, I don't think there's a better testament to League of Legends staying power than something like this Chiefs team, right? Like, so like forget about big franchise leagues like LPL, like the actual like heart of League of Legends is in a team like the Chiefs. And I'm sad that we didn't get to talk about their story more often on broadcast, even though obviously they had a very disappointing showing at this event. So I'm sorry to everyone in this uh, in this response who said Chiefs, because there's a lot of Chiefs. Uh, there's a lot of Chiefs answers. There were a lot of Chiefs enjoyers here. Yeah, I I see Chiefs a ton in here. I do see a lot of people saying loud, which is cool because obviously, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you would define surprising people but also they they were entertaining to watch and as you said they would perform better than past iterations of uh cbll team so i don't know it's it's pretty cool i know not too many other crazy things i mean a lot of people talking about mad so i guess we'll see how this match goes but um yeah it's it's interesting to see how things have gone so far and we'll have to continue on but before we leave the plans part i want to bring something up that i was thinking about and i am the rant here here, well here's the moment where i will this might be one of the few times where i've ever been like yeah this is just going to be salty and biased but i still feel like i want to get this off my chest okay as we record this eg is up 2k gold on mad in the first game but mad has a drake and EG doesn't. A dragon. I hate calling it Drakes. Okay. Uh, so they have a dragon and, and EG doesn't. So pretty close game. 
there is a world here where if Mad wins, and I think they're probably favored. I mean, Emily's predicting them. Yeah. We yeah. have worlds in North America where there will be likely four Korean, four Chinese, four EU teams, and two North American teams. And I just, and, and, I, and I say that because I don't consider plans to be the main event. Like that's, I, I'm talking about whenever there's a, an actual decent sized audience watching and there are fans who bought tickets to the group stage and half of those days actually, yeah, half of those days would not even folk have like a North American team. And so I think it is a bit of a misstep for Riot to create a format and then and make decisions about emergency changes to that format that could lead to a world where like the host region only has two teams in the show. Like it's just, we have worlds come to North America so infrequently. It's been like what, six years since this has happened and who knows whenever it's going to happen again and having a format and then again, making these decisions like I personally, Personally, and I know a lot of people will be unhappy with hearing me say this because they'll say like, well, you should just have the best teams ever. So how dare you suggest this? But like, personally, I think if they were going to make that emergency change where they brought in, you know, an extra team to fill a slot that was missing and, you know, obviously they brought Madden, I think they should have just added another NA team. Like it's the host region here. You're running the risk of only having two teams from that region participate it's just, I don't know. I it it just adds to my frustration about the format and the decision making around worlds. And I think it's a pretty big letdown to fans if this is what happens, where for the rest of worlds, there's really only two NA teams that are in it. Especially considering we don't do a great job of getting out of groups, and it's harder than ever because of how they've added LPL and LCK teams over time and now an EU team and all that stuff. So I don't know. I'm just aggravated about it. Uh, I don't know if you have thoughts, Emily. Uh, I mean, I don't really care as much as you do about that, but I will say this, the world's format sucks because of the friction between having a um, thing that serves like obviously the reason why Riot wants this to be um, serving all regions, major and minor, is because they don't want to lose it out on the buy-in from those markets, right? So even though they're content to ignore a lot of these regions during the year, they don't want to lose the, the markets that uh, these regions bring. And I think trying to split the difference with that and having the best teams attend is a really terrible, like world splits the difference and it makes everyone upset. It's like that yeah. person who tries to please everyone and you cannot please everyone um, in a, uh, you know, in a world where it's, it's not going to like serve everyone. So it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, the format is working to their detriment. Um, and, is it the best teams in the world? No, it's not technically all of the best teams in the world. Is it the, like, is it an 
not invitational, but like, is it more of a, oh, we have a representative from each region? Yes, kind of, but because you're then trying to skew it towards the regions that do have the best teams in the world, it ends up being um, a, a bit unfair that way. And so like, uh, it's just, I, again, I don't, I guess, have the same complaints as you do, because I'm never going to be like, like, I want LCS teams to do well. I think they get undue criticism from the rest of the world because the U.S. sucks ass. And, like, I don't blame people for hating the U.S. as a country, but I also don't like how it bounces back onto onto players who don't have that kind of uh, braggadocio, like, uh, you know, uh, we're better than everyone um, kind of kind of like u.s mentality i i don't know if I, what i'm saying makes sense but like i do think that there's a lot of negative attributes that are ascribed to the country and the people in the country as a whole that don't apply to the na players and north american fans already are so awful to their own players that's like that's the part that really pisses me off that comes out of international competition um because i want like, ideally, I'm the kind of person who just wants everyone to come out and perform their best. Um, so, yeah, I I think it comes from <clears throat> my frustration comes from trying to split the difference uh, because then it just you try to serve everyone and you serve no one properly. Yeah, no, I think it's a fair assessment. All right. Let's move into our discussion around groups uh, and we'll keep it pretty short because it's obviously we aren't even done with plans officially as we record this. Uh, but first off, we want to ask you all in this week's poll, what is the spiciest group, A, B, C, or D? And again, those are kicking off on Friday. So uh, like three days from now. Oh, that feels crazy to say because I have to travel and do it's a show. such a truncated schedule. We're not done with plans yet. And I mean, can you imagine flying and then playing so quickly okay anyway uh and then we also want to ask you with this week's q a what are your predictions for the first week of groups so please get those in we'll talk about them next week uh, after the first week is done and that'll be very exciting because then we will know what's what's up i guess is the best way to put it emily is there a group you are most looking forward to seeing play especially as we've started to kind of like better project out the teams that we may or may not see in these different groups. Yeah. So since I, <clears throat> oh my gosh, um, since I uh, already um, know where they're going, I want to shout out group C because I think this is a team that, or this is a group with like a giant question mark across all of these teams, right? Like, there are people who still think that Rogue are not the best team in the LEC. It's definitely G2, despite what happened in, in finals, right? So you have, I think, a question mark over Rogue in this new meta. GAM Esports, I think, is coming almost out of nowhere in terms of people haven't studied them, haven't studied their style, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they bring to the international stage. DRX, who um, people were kind of pinning as the deft team you know like it's all deft or nothing and and zeka who i remember <clears throat> from when he was in lpl and he sucked and he has had like a career high season 
And it was cool to see people celebrating him and how well he's been performing in play-ins. And now we already know that DRX is going straight to that group, right? So, um, and, and then top esports who like are, as much as I love them and as much as I know their skill ceiling is like super, super high, it's such a coin flippy team sometimes, I never know what they're gonna do. So like that entire group in best of ones is just like so spicy to me because I have no idea what's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a really good call out. It's very exciting to see. I mean, I don't know. I'm just excited for the, the Vietnamese team to be back in the group stage. I think that's going to be that's going to be very fun. Um, I I think I'm excited for Group A because I think the storylines there are so wild. I mean, the fact that Jensen's facing off against two of his uh, I mean, two two mid laners that he faced at the last time Worlds was in North America is pretty fun. You've got Guma versus uh, Berserker. You've got I've been releasing interviews. I got to interview T one, uh, and unfortunately Emily was supposed to make it, but I think uh, you know you had a bit of a scare on the the COVID. Yeah, front, so and then I actually work. got sick, so I was yes. like, oh no, but, but not yeah. with COVID. No, uh, but regardless. Um, I think that oh the T1 guys kept talking about Jojo Pyun because they've been <laughs> having a lot of fun in, in Champions Q, which I know you'll talk about later. So um, I I was very excited about um, see or I'm very excited about seeing Group A take place. So we will see how that group goes down. But how how's the update on this EG Mad Lions game going, Emily? Uh, EG are up by like about 1k gold they're kind of splitting the map where they just took top tier 1 and Rumble is pushing on the bot side they're pinging out the mid wave so I think they're going to try to push that up Mad's kind of wrapping around uh, they're clearing Ooh, out vision during Baron yeah and now they're just starting it so and we'll Mad see. I don't know if Mad realizes oh maybe they do they do they, they oh. cleared out vision Unlucky. there so Unlucky. Okay. Well, things are going to go down to this Baron fight. I mean, Mad Lions is up a dragon, so uh, I don't. I'm. I'm really hoping that EG makes it out. Okay, they just got a kill, so that's good. Um. All right. I'm gonna not let myself get distracted anymore by this team fight, even though Mad is turning on Nisk. Oh boy. Yeah, it's a disaster. EG just got. Oh wait, nope. EG is getting destroyed oh wait it's a 2v2 okay 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 it, it was even you said it was a disaster it ended up being okay right uh sure i mean eg it's an even this trade composition in my opinion shouldn't be losing team fights but whatever oh god okay whatever team fight over let's talk about our but anyway yeah let's talk about let's talk about our reaction shots because i think that our reaction shots play into each other, so it might just accidentally end up being a reaction discussion. But yeah, actually, they do play into each other. So do you want me well, to go mine, first, or no. you can go first. Okay, I want to go first so that it's obvious that you copied me. Okay. Wow, I so typed mine in first. I typed mine in first, actually. Yeah. I 100% typed. We Did could check you? the okay. Google Doc oh, notes. Oh uh, Anyway, so mine was what if we had more moments of international interaction. So this is kind of born out of the fact that one, we only have two international events now. We used to previously have like uh, Rift Rivals and All-Stars. So we kind of had like two 
plus these two goofy ones where like the players got to interact with each other and it was really fun. We now literally only have MSI and Worlds. And I think some of the fun of these events is seeing the players interact with each other and kind of like the worlds collide outside, no pun intended, outside of the games themselves. And you get to see stuff like Vulcan, who was adding the, or no, it wasn't Vulcan, it was uh, Revenge, adding the LPL players last night in Champs Q and at, talking to them about different stuff uh, on the client. And you get to see T1 in these interviews with me talking about facing off against like Jojo Pion and their like obsession with Jojo Pion and all that stuff. Uh, it's really, really cool. And Champions Q is one of the biggest ways in which I think that's taking place right now where you see all these folks playing together in these games and ending up on discords together and ending up on the streams together. And it's such a really fun moment where the game and the sport does not feel like these super isolated leagues. Instead, you get to see what I think is one of the coolest things about esports, which is how global the sport is. Uh, because there's just not as like when you look at traditional sports, there's very few sports that operate on such a global level where like you have fans all over the place. In fact, that's one of the coolest things I think about the NBA is the impact that it's had in um, China over the years. So I think, you know, I, I'm just a little disappointed that for such a global event, it doesn't really, or global sport, it does not often feel very global. Um, and I, I just think it would be cooler if we had more of this stuff because it's awesome to see how often it, this occurs and there's so many complaints throughout the year of how boring like regular season LCS or LEC can get. I don't know how LCK and LPL fans feel about it, but like I just think it'd be really cool if we had even, you know, bring back all stars as, as much of a struggle as that event was and people didn't really know how they felt about it. It was a moment where the stakes were low, but you could still have all these players kind of like talk with each other, do content, team up like, I don't know. I I just want more global feelings about the sport. Emily Rand, how do you feel about Champions Q? Yeah, so mine mine piggybacks off that very nicely, which is that Champions Q has just been so much fun. Oh my gosh. Like the interactions, like you said, between a lot of these players are just so funny. Like the uh, one of my favorites is actually like as as you kind of talked about already. Everyone kind of wants to adopt uh, Jojo Pion as like their younger brother. Um, everyone everyone thinks he's like hilarious and very cute. Um, but then there's also there was this interaction between Hyper and Scout, where Hyper's like I'm NAJJ and Scout's like JJ sucks. And then he's like, I'm way then. And then Scout, like, responds with a smiley face. Like, it's just, like, such fun to see. Because I think, to your point, we have very few times when players can actually, like, interact in a way that has very low stakes, right? Because even Rift Rivals, at least for um, South Korea and China, turned into a very pressure-filled event because of... Um, kind of nationalism and the fact that these two regions are always vying for being, you know, the the top spot for for years and especially once LPL started to look better at Worlds, I think it it became like very pressure filled and 
that was even even before it got um eradicated it was something that still didn't necessarily allow for players to kind of just vibe uh and and i think that's what i like the best about this event is that we've been able to see through champions queue just players like interacting who all <coughs> really love to play the game in an environment that definitely isn't nearly as like um pressure filled even as so many people are watching it and that's so fun to me because i think anytime when you can see again player personalities um a lot of the times on broadcast it can be more of a struggle for us to to showcase that or, or try to get players to come out of their shell and all of these interactions that have been coming through have just been so fun shout out to everyone who's been streaming i know kobe's been streaming a ton kajol has been streaming a ton um Zale has been streaming a ton. Uh, Cubby, shout out to him as well, who's been like rooting for all of the amateur and academy players. Also, Kadrol, who like the other day I saw he like adopted Winnie as the person he was rooting for from AOE. So like it's just a it's just a really really it's been such a fun time watching those streams. Like after after a day of plans, I then turn on Champs queue and it's it's so fun. I don't feel like. Oh my gosh, I'm still watching League of Legends. What am I doing with my life, you know? Yeah, I'm very curious to see how Champions Q hopefully gets like I, I hope there's some equivalent for MSI and Worlds in the future because I Riot should see that this is a really big moment for fans and it it it's a great kind of like dessert as you pointed out to the world's broadcast after people are done. So I don't know. I think it's really cool. Uh, I just wish Kobe wasn't screaming until 1 a.m. All right. Yeah, he, the, watching him try not to wake you up and then having you tweet from the other room because you're still awake has also been hilarious to me. Yeah, I'm glad it's You're like, it's not hilarious to, to me. <laughs> yeah. All right, anyway, that's the show. Uh, the next time you and I will be doing this will be in New York. I'm bringing like a whole setup so that hopefully we can record for my uh for my hotel room i guess um and we're, we're gonna try to do at least one of the, the episodes from a spotify studio maybe we can convince our producer to help us get access to the, the spotify studios so that we don't have to do it in the hotel room but we'll see that we'll would see. be very fun either way thank you so much uh, to everybody for tuning in and listening as things go mad lines has three drakes to eg's one but they're trading topside. They're trading topside turret for EG getting the streak. So, okay. Well, they're playing the map well. Mad. What about EG? What are they doing well, Emily? Uh, they have a better team composition, Travis. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> we'll see you next week.